0: This morning, I want to start a short two-part series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. I want to talk about the life that God meant for you and me and all of us to live. Because before you were ever born, God already had a plan for your life. He had a life that He meant for you to live and enjoy but you can miss it you can miss the joy that goes along with it if you don't really follow him so let's take a look at ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 4 this morning and as we as we begin would you read this out loud with me Let's, let's put on our big church voices, okay? And let's read God's word together. Here we go. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Pray with me once again. Father, take this word as we unpack it, as we talk about it, and help us to get a grasp on this. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before God ever made the universe, I want you to get this deep in your soul this morning. Before he ever created all that exists, he already had you in his mind. Think about that. In fact, God made this universe to sustain you and me and every person that he would ever create in the womb of a woman. Before he created the stars and the earth, he was thinking of you. And he chose, this scripture says, at that point, to love you and to adopt you into his very own family. When I read that, I say, wow. Before creation ever took place, He was thinking of you and me. Now maybe your mom and dad didn't know what your name would be, but God knew. Maybe your mom and dad didn't know that they were gonna get together and create you, but God knew. And when I look at that, I say, wow, say wow with me. (laughs) That is just an awesome thought. He was thinking of you, and the Bible says, we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance before anything was created for us to do. Get this deep in your heart this morning. If you don't get anything else, you are the work of God. Tell yourself, I am the work of God. God personally designed you for the life that he meant for you to live. But listen, you can miss that life. You can mess up that life. God has works for you to do, and those works are going to be good for you, and they're going to be good for the world. But lots of people never live the life that God created for them to live. They, they never do the works that God created for them to do. They live their entire lives and they completely miss that life that God meant for them to live. And why is that? Well, it's because they got distracted. And man, we get distracted from time to time. Amen. Life pulls at us. We're tempted. We get distracted. We get drawn away from this life that God meant for us to live. So today I want to Have us look at the number one thing that keeps most of us from living the life that God meant for us to live. The number one thing, because this thing will cause you to miss that life. It'll cause you to, to waste your life. And this number one thing is a subtle, subtle sin. It's not lust. It's not pride. It's not anger. It's not greed. It's not worry. It's not fear. The thing that'll cause you to miss the life that God planned for you to live is four little letters. Envy. And we don't talk about envy much, but envy will cause you to miss the life that God meant for you to live. You see, when you envy somebody else, when you envy what they have, when you envy who they are, when you, when you envy you are so fixated on them That you take your life Eyes off of Jesus And then you miss God's plan for you When you look at them and you say Man, I wish I had what they have I wish I, I looked like they look I, I, I wish like I, I could be who they are And have the position that they have And you so fixate on them that you take your eyes off of God and his plan for you. The old English word for the word envy is covet. And God says in his 10th commandment in Exodus chapter 20, you shall not covet. You're not to covet the looks of other people, the homes of other people, the toys or the tools of other people, or their spouse, or their employees. Or their wealth. Go back to Exodus chapter twenty, verse seventeen. Look at it; it's all there. He says, "Don't covet those things." And why? Because I want to tell you that envy is like a virus. When envy gets all in you, it messes with you. It messes up your your whole system. This virus of envy can make you so sick that you miss work the work that God planned for you to do using the gifts that he has given you and when you you find envy messing inside of you it messes up your whole life you can find envy on the playground even with toddlers you can find it on the basketball court You you can find it in the classroom you can find it in the boardroom you can find envy anywhere You see, we see what other people have, and we want it. We want it too, right? Am I in track, or am I all messed up? We want it too. And and we envy them because they have it, and we don't. We don't. Today, through a story that Jesus told, we're going to find out how to evict envy from our hearts, how to evict this number one thing that causes us to miss the life that God meant for us to live. But first, let's look at how much envy can mess up a life, because write this down, envy will, it will mess up your life. If you let it get in you, it'll mess with you. And here's four quick things that envy can do in your life. This is what it does. First of all, it causes you to deny your uniqueness. God made you completely unique. There is not one other person on this planet who is like you. Not even identical twins are identical. Every person has a unique thumbprint, a unique voice print, a unique eye print, a unique footprint a unique heartbeat. When God made you, he broke the mold. Some of you are saying, amen, he he probably should have. (laughs) But he broke the mold and there's no other person like you. You are a -a one-of-a-kind project from the hand of God. You are not mass-produced. You are a work of God. You are his masterpiece from his hand, nobody just like you, David wrote, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb, your workmanship is marvelous, you watched me as I was formed in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. David got it. He knew that God thought of us before he ever created anything else. That God planned and laid out a life for us before we ever took our first breath. He created you to be unique. But listen, when you want to be somebody else... You start denying your uniqueness. God didn't make you to be like somebody else. He made you to be you. Listen, when, when you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, why weren't you more like your brother? Or why weren't you more like your sister or your mom or your dad? No, he wants you to be you. And he wants for you to use your personality Your talents, your skills, your gifts, your body that he gave you for the doing of the good works that he planned for you to do. You are unique. Use your uniqueness for him. Now, when you look at somebody and you wish, oh, you wish you were like them, you're saying, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, you messed up on me. When you say, oh, man, I want to be like so-and-so, you're saying, God, you messed up. You should have made me like her. You should have given me her looks, her hair, her parents. God, you messed up on me. But God says, wait a minute. You are a masterpiece that I designed with my own hands. You're exactly What I wanted you to be. You're just not yet seeing the life that I meant for you to live. The Bible says, who are you? A mere human being to criticize God. Should the thing that was created say to the one who made it, why have you made me like this? You say, pastor, you got to understand, I've got this disability. But let me tell you a secret. Everybody's got some kind of disability. It may be an emotional disability that you have to deal with every day just to get out of bed. It might be a mental disability, a learning disability. It could be a physical disability. It might be a relational disability. You really have trouble relating. It might be a financial disability. Listen, Not one of us on this planet is perfect. We all have something we've got to deal with. And that's because of how sin infiltrated this planet. Nobody's perfect. But our envy always likes to exaggerate. But, 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 Pastor, even though I got a disability and everybody's got a disability, they've got it so much better than me. How much better? They might have a better paying job, but maybe you don't know the inner pain that they have to deal with, something they carry that nobody else knows about. They might have a better job, but you don't know the pain they got to get. Maybe they have a few less physical disabilities, but they've got this thing inside that they got to deal with. Everybody's got their own cross to bear. So stop trying to be somebody else. Stop denying this uniqueness that God put in you. You are his workmanship. You know, I don't know about you, but I stopped trying to be tall a lot of years ago. (laughs) I stopped dreaming about, you know, being a Kobe Bryant a lot of years ago. It's not how God made me. And that's okay. Pick up your cross and follow him. And all God's people said, Amen. Secondly, what's it do? Envy divides your attention. You can't follow God and be fixated on being like somebody else at the same time. When you envy, you're not looking at God and his plan for your life. You're looking at somebody else and saying, I want that life. Envy divides your attention. It takes your eyes off of God and puts them on somebody else. The Bible says nobody can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and he'll despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Jesus says you can't do that. He doesn't say you should not serve God and money. He says you can't do it. You can't have two gods in your life. You can't have two primary primary goals in your life. You can't serve two different things in your life. You're gonna serve God or you're gonna serve something else. And we can substitute almost any word in that scripture, and it still is a true thing. You can't serve God and fame. You can't worship fame and worship God. You can't serve God in sex. You can't serve God and your boyfriend. We've all got to decide who we're going to serve. Because anything you serve before God, folks, the Bible says, is an idol. It's an idol. It makes you an idolater. It makes you commit idolatry. Only God deserves to have first place in your life. So when you put something else in first place, guess what you've done? You've just knocked God out of first place in your life. You've knocked him off the throne of your life. Whatever that is has then become your God. This envy stuff, folks, is serious stuff. And our American culture is infiltrated with this virus of envy. The Bible says, Anyone who lets himself be distracted for the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom Of God. That's heavy. You know what distracts you from God's plan? Wanting to live out somebody else's life plan. If you want to be like everybody else, then then you miss the life you were meant to live. It divides your attention. Now, you've probably noticed that most of today's magazines are not much more than what I call envy creators. You pick up a magazine, and they're designed... To create envy in you. You can pick up Vogue. You can pick up Glamour. You can pick up People Magazine. Sports Illustrated. And every one of those magazines market to your cravings. Their goal is to get you to crave and to covet what they have. To get you to want to be like them. They say, wow, They want you to say, wow, if I use this shampoo, my hair will look like hers. Wow, if I use that makeup, my eyelashes will look like hers. I don't say that, but. (laughs) Wow, if I get that dress, I'll look like a Kardashian. Really? Is that what you want to do? Every minute you spend envying somebody else is a minute you're wasting of your own life. You're wasting this this precious, short life that God gave you to make a difference in somebody else's life before you die and go to heaven. Envy denies your uniqueness. It divides your attention. It takes your attention off of God. Then write this down. And it wastes your energy. Man, it wastes your energy. If you spend all your energy chasing after that new car or those new pair of sunglasses or that that new house or that phone or, or that new carpet or whatever somebody else just got, you'll have no energy left to chase after God and the plan that he has for your life envy causes you to chase after stuff and that chase saps your energy the other day I was flipping through the channels and and there was this show called maybe you women have seen say yes to the dress how many women have seen that show say yes to the dress okay crazy show it it, it, it and if any man raises your hand we got to talk after this service okay <laughs> all right Crazy show, but it's about brides saying yes to their perfect wedding dress. And it shows brides going out and shopping for a wedding dress. And man, these dresses are super, super expensive. And so we've got all of these people in in our homes, these brides-to-be watching this show, dreaming of their wedding and thinking, wow, that is the dress. That is the dress. I've got to have that dress. But then they're sitting there saying, but I can't afford that dress. But then they're also saying, but my wedding day isn't going to be special if I can't say yes to that dress. Oh, how I wish I could say yes to that dress. And I believe that show is causing brides-to-be to envy what other brides are getting and if they can't get that dress, that $20,000 wedding dress, then they feel like my wedding's just not going to be special. But that is so not true. And while I'm on it, let me mention another thing. Kids', and kids parties in Southern California are out of control. Amen? <laughs> out of control. Little Susie, who's barely turning two, has a mom who brings in the band from Disneyland. And so then Billy's mom, seeing all of that, she gets on this thing of envy. She says, well, we can outdo that. And then little Chloe's mom says, well, we can outdo that. It's it's envy. And so what should be a, a happy party for a little kid turns into this competitive sport. Envy wastes your energy. Now, I've been picking on women, so, so listen up, men. The source of all workaholism is envy. The reason we men work so hard and so late is because we want to make enough success so we can make enough to have the toys that our friends have. And even before we make enough, we go out and we buy what our friends have, and then we got to hustle to pay for it. The Bible says, I've learned. Why people work so hard to succeed. It's because the envy the things their neighbors have. But this is foolishness, like chasing the wind. Here's even someone who lives alone, who has, has no child or brother, yet he is always working, never satisfied with what he has, yet he never asks, for whom am I working so hard? Envy like this can waste your energy. Next, write this down. It also leads to other sin. Envy, when it gets all up in you, is like this virus that'll just do damage inside of you and it leads you down a path that's not good. The Bible says that envy is the root of all sin. The Bible says, for wherever there is envy and rivalry, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, and every kind of evil. Folks, you let envy have its way in you And you're going to have all kinds of sin coming out of your life. Can envy cause a person to lie? You bet. Can it cause a person to steal? Absolutely. Can it cause a person to murder somebody else? Absolutely. The Bible's full of examples. Cain killed his brother Abel because of envy. Joseph's brothers sold their own brother Joseph into slavery because of envy. Saul tried to kill David because of envy. And not long ago, the mother of a teenage cheerleader in Texas paid a hitman to kill another cheerleader who was in competition with her daughter. Envy leads to sin. Envy is a insidious sin. When you are green with envy, maybe you want to write this down. When you're green with envy, you're ripe for trouble. You are ripe for trouble. It leads to sin. So listen, envy will mess up your life in so many ways. So here's our second point today. So envy's got to be evicted from your heart. We don't talk about this, but man, this is serious stuff. Envy's got to get out of your heart. I want to say to you today that you need to give envy an eviction notice. Envy, you are leaving my life and my heart and my house today. So the question is, how do you get it out of your heart? Well, first we've got to understand that at the heart of this problem is a problem of the heart. Envy is a problem of the heart. The problem is that your heart is prone to worship things other than God. To give things first place in your life instead of letting God have first place in your life. Anytime you envy, you are worshiping something other than God. It's a form of worship that says, I desire that. I want that. I've been living and waiting my whole life to have that. It means everything to me to have that. Folks, what is that? That's worship. You're worshiping that thing. And so if you want to evict envy from your heart, you've got to begin to ask yourself, what am I worshiping in my heart that's taking me from this life that God meant for me to live? Well, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus tells a story that gives us four ways to overcome this thing of envy. And this scripture is too long, so I want you to hang with me real quick while I read this story, then we're going to unpack it real quick. Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who owns some land. One morning, he went out very early to hire some people to work in his vineyard. The owner agreed to pay the workers a dollar for working a full day. That was the wage of that day, a dollar a day. So let's be happy, amen? Then he sent them into the vineyard to work. About 9 o'clock, the owner went out to the marketplace and saw some more people standing there doing nothing. So he said, if you go to work in my vineyard, I will pay you too what your work is worth. So so these people also went to work in the vineyard. About 12 o'clock, and again at 3 o'clock, the owner went up and did the same thing, hiring more workers. About 5 o'clock, the owner went to the marketplace one last time and he saw others standing there. And he said, why did, why did you stand here all day doing nothing? They said, because nobody gave us a job. The man said, then you can go work in my vineyard too. At the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard said to the supervisor, call all the workers together and pay them. But start with the last people I hired and end with the people I hired first. When the workers who were hired at 5 o'clock came to get their pay, each one of them received a full dollar. So when the workers hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they'd get more than the late workers. But each of them also received $1. When they were paid, they complained to the landowner, those guys you hired last only worked an hour, but you paid them the same as you paid us who worked hard all day in the hot sun. The vineyard owner said, friend, I'm being fair to you. You agreed to work for a dollar." So take your pay and go. What is it to you if I give the men hired last the same pay that I gave to you? What's that to you? Can I not do whatever I, I, I want with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous to others? Those who have the last place now will have the first place in the future. Those who have the first place now will be given last place in the future. This story shows us four things that you can do to evict envy from your heart. First of all, write this down. Never compare to others. Never, ever compare yourself to others. If you will stop comparing your life to others' lives, you can get rid of this envy thing in your heart. Jesus said, those hired last came up, and they were each given a dollar. When those were hired first, look at these two words, Those who were hired first saw that. They assumed they would get far more. Look at those two words when they saw that. That was the beginning of their envy. They were watching other people. They were fixated on other people. They saw that other people were getting the same amount that they were promised for a different amount of work. Anytime you compare, you're going to come up with envy. And we do it all the time. We compare everything. We compare our look, our size, our shape, our color, our talk, our IQs. We compare our families, our kids, our husbands, our wives. We compare our jobs. We compare our incomes, our talents. We compare our lawns. Mine looks better than yours. We compare our dishes. We compare everything. But the Bible says, let everyone be sure to do his very best. For then he will have the personal satisfaction of work well done or done well. And look at this. And then he won't need to compare himself with somebody else. Just do your best with the talents, the gifts, the resources, the opportunities that that God has given to you. Do your very best and then you can rest. You don't have to compare with anybody else. If you've done your best, you can just be at rest. Stop comparing yourself to others, and you can evict envy from your heart. Second, write this down. Always celebrate God's goodness to others. When you see God blessing other people, rejoice with them. Rejoice for them. When they get that car that you've always dreamed of, but you can never afford Celebrate with them. The Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Now I found it's pretty easy to weep with those who are hurting. To cry with those who are going through a tough time. But we're not very good at handling the success of other people. When so-and-so gets the promotion. Or when so-and-so gets the big sale you thought you would get. Or when so-and-so gets the bonus. Rather than rejoicing, we start resenting them. But listen, if God wants to pay other people the same amount, if God wants to pay other people even more, so what? You and I should worry about what we're doing with what we've already been given. Are we doing our best? Now, in this story, instead of rejoicing over generosity of the owner, the workers resented it. They were envious of what the other people got. And look at what the Bible says. The workers who had been hired first thought that they'd be given more than the others. But when they were given the same, they began complaining to the owner of the vineyard. He said, are you envious because I'm generous to them? Do you do that? Do you complain all the time? Why does he get that? Why does he have that? Why does she have good health and I don't have good health? Why did she get those gorgeous legs and I didn't get those legs? Why why did he get her as his wife and and I don't even have a wife? I mean, are, are you always complaining to God? The owner said, are you envious because I'm generous to them? Are you complaining to God because you're looking at others and it seems that God is far more generous to others than he's been to you? It's envy. Athletes envy athletes. Surfers envy surfers. Skateboarders envy skateboarders. Why can't I do that trick? You envy the people that you get fixated on, the people you watch. And you want God to give you what they have. Moms envy moms. Musicians envy musicians. Doctors envy doctors. Pastors Man, we can get caught up in envying pastors. If I only had that church, then I could really make a difference for God. If I only had those people, man, we could do some things for God. Listen, envy is so insidious. It comes in, and it ruins relationships. And even though envy is kind of hidden down here in the heart, it begins to wreak havoc on the outside, in all of your relationships. I've watched it over and over and over. Somebody in a family passes away. It's time to distribute the stuff. And one brother's mad at a sister because she took this. And he always wanted that. And you watch it over and over and over. And it begins to ruin a relationship. Start celebrating God's goodness to others. The Bible says, love does not envy. In fact, to envy is to be unloving. It's it's mean-spirited. You don't want others to have what you don't have. Folks, that's flat out unloving. Love is not envious. So let's celebrate God's goodness to others, and that'll help envy be kicked out of your heart. Third, always be grateful for what you have. You and I need to be grateful for who we are and what we have. That we are a work from God's own hand. That we are His masterpiece. That He loves us and He knows us and He's got a plan for us. We need to be grateful for what we get instead of resentful of what we don't get. We need to be thankful for all of God's blessings. No matter how small. Now the workers in this story should have been grateful that the owner even came and gave them a job for the day. They should have been grateful that they even had a chance to earn a paycheck. They should have been grateful. Because everything you get in life is a gift from God. Look at this. The Bible says, isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all you need. Folks, this is not our home. We're just passing through. Heaven is our home. And we may not get everything we have wanted, everything we've desired, but that doesn't matter. When we get to heaven, it's going to all be made up. Amen? It's all going to be worth it all. The Bible says this. Now, write this down. I want you to write this down because I want you to take this statement home. I already have more than I deserve. (laughs) Write it down. I already have more than I deserve. You got clothes on your back. You got a way to get home. You got money for lunch. You got a bed. You got a roof over that bed. (laughs) If you do, you're better off than millions in this world. Instead of complaining and saying, I don't have the newest model. How come I don't get that upgrade, God? (laughs) Instead of complaining, you should be saying, look at what I've already got. I've already have more than I deserve. You see, envy always asks, why them, God? Why them? They're not even living for you. And look at what they've got. Why them? But gratitude always asks, why me? Why do I get to live in America? Why do I get to be free? Why do I get to have clothes on my back? Why do I get to drink clean water? And why do I get a hot shower? Why? Why do I get to live for Jesus without persecution and the fear of death? That's what gratitude asks. The Bible says it's better to be satisfied with what you have than always wanting something else. Now, envy is not desire. Desire is good. Envy is not ambition. Ambition is good. Envy is not having a dream. Having a dream is good. Desires and ambitions and dreams, God puts those things inside of you. So those things aren't wrong. Envy is resenting those who have it already. Envy is resenting those who get it before you. Be grateful for what you have and envy will be evicted. And now last this morning, always trust God when life isn't fair. When life is unfair, just trust. In this story, the workers thought the owner wasn't being fair. And if you have an envious heart, you are constantly using the phrase, it's not fair. (laughs) My kids used to say that. You ever had had your kids say that? Dad, that's not fair. You know, when I made them pay for their own car insurance, Dad, nobody else in my school does that. It's not fair. When I made them learn to drive a stick shift, never let them drive an automatic until they could drive a stick shift, manual transmission, it's not fair. Now they're all coming back, especially our girls, thank you, Dad. I can drive a stick shift and nobody else can. (laughs) Thanks, Dad, for making me learn how to manage my money. It's not fair that he gets to do that and I don't. It's not fair that their kids got that award and mine didn't. It's not fair that they can afford that vacation and I can't. It's not fair. But what you're saying is, God, you blew it. I worked as hard as they did. I put in as many hours as they did. How come they got the promotion, the bonus, the bigger paycheck? The workers in the field thought it was unfair. The Bible says these last workers put in only one easy hour, and yet you have made them equal to us. We who slaved all day under the scorching sun. But the owner said, friends, I'm not being unfair. I paid you exactly what we agreed on. Take your part and go. What business is it of yours if I want to pay others the same amount that I paid you? Don't I have a right to do with what I want with my own money? God is saying, what is it to you if I decide that somebody else needs something more than you to carry out the plan for the life I've called them to? What is that to you? What is that to you? It's all going to be equaled out in heaven. What's that to you? It's looking at others that gets us in trouble. It's looking, it's really just watching and looking and fixing our eyes on others that lets envy loose in our hearts. Because what you're saying is, God, you did really blow it. You didn't make me the way that I ought to be. God, if you really would have loved me, you wouldn't have made me me. You would have made me like him. Or her. God, you made a mistake when you were making me. You didn't give me the talents that I want. You didn't give me the the, the looks I want, the opportunities I want. God, you are so unfair. Listen, if you are envious, it means that you don't trust God. You don't trust that he's really got you and your best interest at his heart. You don't trust the one who made you, designed you in the womb. Gave you all the gifts and personality and talents and all of those kind of things. The one that with his own hands formed you, you don't trust him to know what's best for you. But I love this owner's response. He says, take your part and go. In other words, I want to give you my paraphrase for that. Stop bellyaching. (laughs) Stop complaining about what you don't have and make the most of what you do have. Get over it and live the life God intends for you to live. Folks, God has given you a race to run. He's given you everything you need to run that race and He, he created you to run that race. So run it. So focus on your race and stop watching the race that others are running and the prizes they are winning. Stop watching. And instead, run for the audience of one. Amen? Run for the audience of one. Run for the prize that the one Jesus is preparing for you in heaven. Because his prize will be far more than you deserve and far greater than you could ever imagine. The Bible says this, let us run with patience the particular race God has set before us. Trust God when life doesn't seem fair. And envy will be evicted from your heart. I want to challenge you to choose right here today before you leave this place to evict envy from your heart. Give it an eviction notice right here and right now. Because folks, envy will mess up your life. It'll lead to other sinful actions and behaviors. You will miss the life that God meant for you to live. So would you bow your head with me? As I pray this prayer, would you pray it in your heart? It goes like this. Father, I admit that I've got envy in my life. I ask you to help me to evict it from my heart. So today I choose to not compare with others. I choose to always celebrate with others. I choose to always be grateful for what I have. And I choose to trust you when life isn't fair. And today I resist and I rebuke in the name of Jesus. This spirit of envy. In the name of Jesus Christ I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.